Are you feeling the effects of today's inflation? (laughs) Brother, I am. The media tells us that the economy is better than it has been in years. Let me tell you something. Our wallets are telling us a different story. And you know what? It may get worse before it gets better. Some economists are saying we could see a recession. So today we're going to talk about some strategies that could help us prepare, not only for today, but just in case we do have a recession. Welcome to Practical Prepping. Today is Wednesday, October 25th, 2023, and this is episode 427. This is the prepping podcast with no bunkers, no zombies, and no alien invasions. Just practical prepping, where we believe that stuff happens, so we need to stay prepared, and we're here to help you get prepared. I'm Krista. And I'm Mark. And today we'll be talking about our money, inflation, and recession. And we'll share five strategies and 12 tips to help us get through this inflation and likely coming recession. If you'd like the expanded notes for this episode, go to practicalprepping.info forward slash 427. Could we ask you for a favor? Would you share the podcast with friends and family? We've been growing by leaps and bounds, and it's because our listeners are sharing the podcast. And so we would ask you to share this podcast with others. Like Krista said, it's not about bunkers and zombies and alien invasions. We want to talk about the practical stuff. And your friends and family could use some of this information, especially this information from today. Now, regardless of what the media tries to make us believe, you know, today's economic climate is having a significant negative impact on individuals, businesses, and even entire nations. So in this episode, we're going to explore some practical tips to help you and I avoid the negative consequences of inflation and recession. And here's a summary of today's points. Diversify your investments, stay informed, Build an emergency fund, control your spending, and seek professional advice. Controlling our spending is the hardest to do, so that's where we'll spend most of our time in this episode. But let's get started. The first way to guard against recession would be to diversify your investments. This is the most effective way to protect your finances. In other words, don't put all of your eggs in one basket. You want to diversify. You want to go to different asset classes, such as stocks, bonds, real estate, commodities, even precious metals, because this will minimize the risk of losing everything if one sector takes a hit. And that's with our investments, our 401k, anything like that. You want to have that diversified. Second thing is that we want to stay informed. Knowledge is power when it comes to economic trends. We need to stay updated on the latest news, on economic indicators, and even on government policies that may impact the economy. By being well-informed, we can make better financial decisions and even adjust our strategies accordingly. Yes. Thirdly, you want to start, if you haven't already, by building your emergency fund. Having an emergency fund is essential to weathering some of these economic storms. I know that we've had to dip into ours once in a while. 
some people like to start with, say, $1,000 cash in an emergency fund. And then they build up from three to six months worth of living expenses in a separate account. Now, what are living expenses? Your house payment, your rent, your loan payments, your car payments, your grocery your automatic fees and and other types of payments, tuitions, all the things that you have to pay, including utilities, the bills that come regularly every month. You want to start stashing away anywhere from three to six months worth of that amount of money in a separate account, also as an emergency fund. It provides that safety net during times of recession, or if you experience some unexpected financial hardships, you know, Sadly, there's some people that have worked at a job for 40 years and then they wake up one day and they are laid off. They're mm-hmm. not fired. They just got, you know, eased out. Or the plant closed. The plant closed or, you know, there's a, a catastrophic illness strikes your family. There's so many things that can be unforeseen. And how much better it would be for you to know, well, you know what? I've got six months or eight months or nine months or 12 months of emergency fund socked away. So we're going to be fine while I look for a new job or get treatment for this medical condition or what have you in order to safely guide through there so that you don't become a catastrophic financial victim. Mm -hmm. Number four, and this is where we're going to spend the most of our time today on this episode, is getting control of our spending. See, during times of inflation, Prices tend to rise. Oh, they they don't just tend to. They do it. <laughs> yes. And the purchasing power of our money decreases. Yeah. So we need to control our spending and prioritize essential expenses, what you mentioned a while ago, the things that we must have. Mm-hmm. We need to avoid unnecessary debt and focus on building a sustainable budget that aligns with our financial goals. We need to sit down and discuss that, and Krista and I need to go back through ours and do that again and make sure we're on the right path that we need to be. And let us recommend Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace. There's actually a couple of books that he wrote that are very, very good in this area. Financial Peace is one, and the other one is his book on money. And we'll put the link to both of those on the website and in the episode notes. Here are 12 tips to help us control our spending. Create a budget. Now that's to start by tracking your income and your expenses to create a realistic budget. This helps us understand where our money is going and identify the areas where we can cut back. And there are even some digital budgeting tools. Some of them are free apps that you can download, and it'll guide you through how to get started on that. And there's some good paper-based systems, too. You can literally handwrite these, which is actually Mark's preference. He's a pen and paper kind of guy. He likes to be able to write something down and go back and look at it again at Mm -hmm. any time. And we'll put a link to some of those resources in the episode notes. We want to differentiate between our wants and our needs. I want a three fifty seven lever action rifle. Yes, he does. I really want one. He really does. Bonus points if it's a Henry. Oh, oh. But do I really need it? Not right now. I've got to differentiate between wants and needs, and I don't need it right now. We need to prioritize those essential expenses over the discretionary ones. 
especially with the interest rates that we're seeing today. Distinguish between what you truly need and what you simply want and allocate your funds accordingly. Now, we're not saying you can't buy some things that you want. We're just saying if you're on a bit of a limited budget, and we've had to tighten ours, quite honestly, the retirement budget's not what the working budget was. No, it's not. And we're having to do this right now, and we need to allocate our funds according to what our priorities are. Now, we're not cutting out everything that we want, but we're focusing on what we need. One of the ways that we can do that is by setting financial goals, establishing short-term and long-term financial goals with clear objectives that will motivate you to control your spending and to save for the things that matter most to you. You also want to avoid impulse buying. I, uh, it's not lost on me that this is my paragraph. <laughs> Yikes, because yes, I do tend to impulse buy. I do. And I need to remember that before making a purchase, I need to take a moment to consider if it does align with my budget, and my financial goals. And one of the ways that I have learned to do this, and especially as I'm shopping on Amazon, is to put something in my cart, but don't hit that place your order button just yet. Put it in my cart, wait maybe a day, maybe two, maybe four, and then go back and revisit my cart and really ask myself, must I order that? Do I have to have it now? Can I wait two weeks? You know, that kind of thing. And that really has helped because I have put some of the brakes on some of my impulse buying and I have reserved the finances then for the more important necessary bills that must be paid and payments that must be made and that sort of thing. So I give myself a week. I decide I want something or I need it. (laughs) I need that 357 lever action Henry. (laughs) I need it, but I decide to buy it and I make myself wait a week. And you know, 90% of the things I decide that I need or want don't get purchased. Well, I noticed that Henry Lever Action Firearm has not yet been purchased. No, it has not. <laughs> and it won't for a while. <laughs> we're, we're not going to purchase that without knowing that we're coming out the far end of the inflation and or recession. Right. If we do see one. Now, here's one that Krista does very, very well. And she can comment on this, but plan meals and shop smart. Plan your meals in advance and make shopping lists to avoid impulse purchases. Worst thing that we can do in a grocery store is for me to go with Krista when I'm hungry. Oh, yes. <laughs> that, that bill goes I'd up. I'd rather have a four-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that bill goes them. up if I'm there. But while you're there, look for sales, use coupons, consider buying in bulk to save money on groceries. And if you think about with the inflation, Buying in bulk really makes sense because it's going to be more expensive next week or next month than it is today. You know, that's one of the aspects of practical prepping that we've been discussing. The low these three years that we've been podcasting, not only is it an inflation buster to buy in bulk, but it's good practical prepping as well because you've locked in a price and you've also put away some necessary things that you know you're going to use down the road Mm -hmm. and you don't have to wait and worry. Do I have enough canned food? Do I have enough paper products? Do I have enough this, that? 
And uh, some folks are still very hesitant about buying in bulk, and maybe they've got storage concerns. Well, you just have to kind of adjust your bulk shopping Mm -hmm. or split bulk shopping among your family members or your neighborhood or do it that way if that helps you. You don't have to store 18 cases of paper towels, but maybe you'd like two, and then the other 16 can be bought by the neighborhood. Yeah. And the question around here is, is 29 pounds of spaghetti enough? I will never know. (laughs) (laughs) Regular listeners know that that is her favorite food. That is her comfort food. It is. It's her angry food. It's her food for any day that ends in Y. I must admit that is true. I'm... I love comfort food, but my comfort food isn't like, you know, a meat and three. Mine is spaghetti and a bolognese sauce, just like my mom used to make. And I'll say she does make a pretty good spaghetti sauce. Thank you. Thank you. Next thing we want to do is comparison shop. Now, we do this very well. When we went to buy a tent, we comparison shopped. Mm -hmm. When we went to buy a generator, we comparison shopped. When we went to purchase a lawn tractor, we comparison shopped. And it makes a huge difference. It doesn't always mean you're going to pay the lowest price. It means you're going to get the best price of the value of what you're seeking. Exactly. And that's money well spent. Exactly. You can take advantage of price comparison websites and apps to find the best deals. Now, here are two that I have found, and we will put these in the show notes, in the episode notes, and that is shopbot.ca, shopbot.ca, and pricebat.ca, and we'll put those in the episode notes, but I've gone in there and looked, and, and I have found some diverse prices offered. It shows you who has what price. And you can even purchase it right there with one click if you want to. Hmm. But you don't have to. But you can look around and find out that, hey, where I was going to go is 10% higher than someplace else. Mm -hmm, For sure. Now, it doesn't work all that well if you're working on 29-cent items. But if you're buying pieces of gear, things like that, it's a good thing to use. Why not? Yes. Are you starting a podcast or maybe a YouTube channel? Are you writing a book? Are you starting a business? Or maybe you just need to rebrand. Well, you're going to need a logo, you'll need graphics, and you'll need a website. All of these need to represent your brand. You need ProLine Digital Group. Eric and his team understand branding. They also understand graphic design and all the -the behind-the-scenes technical stuff that makes it all work. Contact ProLine Digital Group. You'll be glad you did. ProLineDigitalGroup.com. Or you can use the link on our website. Preparedness is personal and it is practical. You decide what and how you want to prepare. You can prepare for three days, three months, three years. You can prepare for power outages, ice or snowstorms, wildfires, or even an attack of alien zombie frogs. It's completely up to you. But... Practical prepping for everyday people will help you on your journey. It's a guide to help you as you begin your preparedness journey or for those of you that have been involved for a while and want to take it to the next level. This book, Practical Prepping for Everyday People, is available on Amazon. It's available on our website or you can order it wherever books are sold. Practical Prepping for Everyday People. Get one for yourself or give several as gifts. 
Also, you want to use cash or debit cards because that does help you stay within your budget because it's money that is spent. You know, if, if cash is spent, it is spent. And debit cards is just basically plastic cash in a sense because it comes directly out of your bank account at that particular time. And when just, your bank account's empty, it quits letting it qu- you Yeah, it won't let it. you. Yeah. So that's why uh, relying on credit cards can get you in trouble because if you start relying on a credit card as a form of income, in a sense, you're going to get in deep, deep, deep trouble quick and at a high interest rate, might I add. Yeah, I was doing some research the other day and I saw that several of the credit cards have gone above 30% on interest. Oh, yeah. I got an offer in the mail the other day, and they would be more than happy for me to jump on board at 32.49% interest. Well, the highest one that I saw was 38% interest. Insane. I mean, that sounds like, I'm going to say it, a Las Vegas loan shark. (laughs) That's what it sounds like to me. But, you know, you'll feel that way if you have to pay through the nose like Mm -hmm. that. But it, if you're using credit cards, it leads to overspending and racking up debt. We need to track our expenses and regularly review our expenses to identify any unnecessary or excessive spending. I went one time for three or four months, and I wrote down every penny that I spent. Oh, my. If I bought a candy bar, I wrote it down. And I did that for, it was around three months that I did that. And I sat down and reviewed that, and I said, whoa, wait a minute. There's a lot of things on here I'm spending that I really can cut back. And there's a lot of things we've done that with lately. But if you track your expenses, you have a better idea of what you need when it comes to monthly income. And you can use those budgeting apps or spreadsheets to track your transactions. And I have QuickBooks on the computer over here that we run our business off of. And I have Quicken that we run our personal off of. That's really just to track those expenses because it pulls everything from the bank and puts it into a category. So I can look and in just a minute I can see... What are our necessary expenses and what are our unnecessary expenses? And another way, if I can add something to that particular line, is look at the things for which you have purchased a subscription, a streaming channel on TV or a digital magazine or a news outlet of some kind or something that you'd pay a fee for in order to be a member, like a shopping club or something. And you may find that you have lost track of the fact that you're being billed monthly for a subscription you're really not using. And, you know, that can, it might be $7 here, $18 there, but in time that can really add up. And so why would you want to just keep a hole in your pocket with the money falling out when you could sew that up by reviewing all of your subscriptions and then just keeping what you know you really, really want and then doing away with those that you haven't used in such Mm -hmm. a long time that are just doing nothing but taking money right out of your account. And I have one over here on the desk, a magazine that I'm going to cancel the subscription to that one this week. I don't read it anymore. And it comes and I set it to the side. And so I'm going to cancel that and just be able to save that amount of money. But I want to do it before it automatically renews. So check those subscriptions and memberships. Yes. 
Also, avoiding retail therapy. And, and again, I, the fingers are pointing at me with this because sometimes I feel stressed or tired or just, you know, run down. And I know that a nice little endorphin for me would be to go somewhere and spend a little money on myself, make me feel better. And that I've called it retail therapy. And it's kind of fun to, in a way, to reward yourself if if you've worked really hard and nobody seems to notice or care. You want to kind of feel like, hey, I want to reward myself. But then you've got to honestly face that and say, wow, you know, that was $25. I really didn't really have to spend. I really didn't have to. I mean, I was doing that for my enjoyment, but I honestly can't justify it. So maybe look at your own retail therapy and find out, are you rewarding yourself at high expense? Because inflation is not your friend when that's happening. Mm -hmm. When you're paying three prices for something just for a reward, you may have to find other ways to reward yourself that maybe don't involve money or a lot of money. So take a hard look and make some changes. The next thing, and it kind of goes along with the same that we've been talking about, is delaying gratification. We need to delay that gratification by waiting before making non-essential purchases like 357 lever action Henry rifles. Are you trying to tell Santa Claus something on this (laughs) I'm just, I'm taking note that, boy, he is talking about that Henry a lot. I'm just (laughs) continuing with the narrative Uh here. Okay. And I'm delaying that gratification because it'd be great retail therapy to (laughs) to just go down and pick one up today. And I have to go to the gun shop tomorrow anyway. Oh, boy. But I'm going to delay that gratification. And it gives us time to evaluate if it's a necessary expense or simply an impulse or if it's something that we can save up for and spend later. Something else that you can try to do if you're able to, and that is negotiate or seek discounts. I used to own a retail store and being a, you know, a locally owned family, what they call a mom and pop shop. We, of course, handled our uh, transactions in cash or debit card, credit card, check, you know, any form of U.S. currency. We took it. And there were times when a customer would come to us and they would see such and such like an aquarium outfit because we had a pet store. And we may have a sale price on there. We still try to put our prices to where we could make some profit because, you know, without that, what we wouldn't be in business very long. But we were quite open to cash negotiation. And we sold many, many, many of our products and items out of our store because someone paid cash. Here's why we were open to that. It didn't cost us any fees as a merchant that credit card would cost. You You have to pay a percentage of the face value of every credit card or debit card. And you have to pay a, what they call a swiping fee that when the card goes into the machine, At the time, we were paying 25 cents each time that card went in. And so... Plus a percentage of the sale. Plus a percentage of the sale. And so, yes, if you go to your local stores or vendors, you know, the the old saying is, you don't get if you don't ask. Right. We had a business a number of years ago that sold much larger ticket items prices starting around $3,500. Oh, yes. And so what we did was... We offered a 5% discount for cash or check. I mean, it, it didn't matter. Right. Same thing. It 
saved us money, but we offered 5% discount if they paid in full at that time. Yeah. Rather than splitting it into deposit and upon delivery. Mm-hmm. But if they paid in cash, in full, we gave them a 5% discount. It saved us those fees and it helped our cash flow Absolutely. up front. Yes. So that's just some things to do. And if you don't ask, you don't receive. And Krista and I, she's a little bit shocked about being offered senior discounts. And Not I'm, as much anymore. <laughs> saving me some money, buddy. I'm, I'm fine with, you know, there's I'm a... I'm starting to ask for my senior discount. There, there, but I'll <laughs> tell you this, and if you've seen pictures of her, you know what I mean. We walked into a buffet, and we asked for two senior buffets. <laughs> the lady looked at Krista and said, are you 60? Uh-oh. I said, keep going. <laughs> keep going. So she actually questioned whether or not she qualified, but she did. She said, I'll give you my driver's license if you want to. <laughs> but when it got me was when I was offered or given a senior discount before I actually was eligible. Oh, man. Without asking. Ouch. And I said, you know, I'm really not that old. <laughs> Oh. And she said, it's okay. I'll give it to you anyway. Well, go. So, you know. No, don't. That, that. <laughs> I'm standing on principle here. Right. I want to pay full price because I'm not that old. Yep. That's funny. Now, when my mother and dad were out somewhere, they gave mother the senior discount, but they didn't give dad the senior discount. <laughs> oh. and he was three years older than her, and she was not happy about that. Well, you know, you know anyway. who else that happened to? Hey. President George H.W. Bush and Barbara, because he used to think she was his mother. Oh, goodness. Oh, my goodness. Goodness. I said that in jest. Yeah. Well, first time I saw the two of them together, I thought it was, too. Oh, gosh. But that's beside the point. She was still a pretty lady. She was elegant, but she had that white hair, and that did make her look a little bit older. All right. Before I get in trouble, let's remember that controlling our spending is a gradual process. You got to be patient with yourself. You do. You've got to be patient with me. <laughs> well, I, I'm I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm better. I, I'm learning when to keep my mouth shut. So, are you? Uh, most of the time, <laughs> not always. Okay. Most of the time, and we need to celebrate small victories along the way. Mm-hmm. If we've got that f- that financial goal set, and when we get to this point, we're going to do such and such to celebrate that, mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be costly. It can be a low price thing. Uh, one thing is getting the time of year where we can actually go and walk around the lake. Yeah. In, in the some of the temperature's areas here. Comfortable. Exactly. There's some yeah. greenways here. There's some pathways, well paved and everything around a couple of lakes. And that's just a reward for what we can do. Number five, now that covered the 12 of the the tips, the steps for controlling our expenses. But the number five thing here that we're talking about is to seek professional advice. You may want to consult with a financial advisor who is trained to provide personalized guidance based on your specific circumstances. I've actually met with a financial advisor several times in my life, and it really was a very good investment of my time and money in order to have the guidance that I needed because they can 
offer you information you really can't get just anywhere. They can really speak to your specific situation and give you a plan and a guide mm-hmm. as to what to do and what that's going to do for you in the future. And what are your goals? Mm-hmm. What kind of goals do you have there? See, they can actually look into things like potential inflation and recession risks, and they can align your financial goals with your budgets. The bottom line is we can't completely avoid the impact of inflation or recession if that happens. But these tips can help us control our money rather than having it control us. Diversifying our investments, staying informed, building an emergency fund, controlling our spending, and seeking professional advice. Those will help us through those times of inflation and recession. Now, today's cup of coffee comes from our friend Diana. Diana, we really do appreciate that. Certainly do. Now, if you receive value from the podcast, would you help us by giving back a little? First, you can buy us a cup of coffee. Second, you can start your Amazon shopping from our website. It costs you nothing extra, but it pays us a small commission on the qualifying purchases. And you'll find the links to both at practicalprepping.info. Both of those help us out, and we really appreciate your support. And as Krista always says, Stuff like inflation happens. Stay prepared. And we'll see you next time. (laughs) 